G'day, it's Tim Neal, Data Farming. Great to be back on the Ag Watchers podcast with Andrew and Matt. Well, I think good to have a pro- professional back on again. The last few we had were a bit shabby with the, with their intros, weren't they, Andrew? They were, they were a bit. But I think we're we're get starting to we're starting to determine who are the people who listen to the podcast before yep. coming on as a guest, and the people who don't. The people that look at you cluelessly when you say it's your turn to do the intro, and and then Tim just. Fires it straight. Seamless. Seamless. Second, sec, second time on the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it was, great. When, when did we do that podcast last time? 2020? Yeah, it was, um, was, was it over a year ago? It was like number 68 or something. It was a fair while ago. Oh, so even before the sixth sense and everything. So we, yep. we, we don't know what the answers are going to come next, Andrew, when we what? do the sixth sense. <laughs> you know what we should do? What? We did an appraisal of Murray Watt, yeah? Mm-hmm. We should do, get an appraisal of ourselves from Tim. As one of the very few people who have been on the podcast more than once, we get to say, has it become more professional? You know, if we just... <laughs> <laughs> For someone that's listened, that's endured the podcast, I should say, <laughs> frequently. Yeah, no, your calibre of guests is certainly... Um... It's certainly uh, you're shooting for the stars now. It's been um, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's good of you to be very modest, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about really high level politicians, mate. I mean, that's uh, it's incredible to to get those people on on board. You know, it's excellent. Everyone's as they say in Scotland, we're all Jock Thompson's fans. <laughs> it's one of his favorite. It's one of his favorite sayings. Oh, that, sorry that, about that. that. Sorry for bringing that up. Then <laughs> that that comes out after. Two or three beers normally. Yeah. Right, oh, let's get into it. Six cents. I don't think we do we need to introduce it. We don't have to. No, no. I think so. Tim knows what it's all about. Yeah. He, he's he's briefed himself up. He's probably got his answers already. So I think we'll have to use some different ones, Matt. Mm-hmm. So not the usual ones. Yep. I'll fire up. I'll go first, shall yeah. I? Get into it. Uh, Artificial intelligence. Uh, I think it's maturing. That was a quick one. I expected a bit more than that. Uh, Crocs footwear. Oh, I love it. Love them. Haggis. Uh, not so much. Sorry. Fifty <laughs> percent. I'm going to. Have, have you had it? You've had it. Uh no, probably. Similar. You can't be one of these ones that say I don't like it and haven't eaten it. No, it's the it's the. Experience, yes, I have experienced it, but it was a long time ago, so I don't. But it was one of those things. It's like, yeah, no, nah. sorry, I'm fifty percent. All right, I've got my 50 There's still still the potential to reduce. <laughs> Australian agriculture. I'm in a very strong position. GPS failure. Um. Impacts beyond what people imagined. Ag tech ecosystem. Um, probably go back to the first one. Maturing. It's um, certainly seeing certainly seeing some big changes from when we talked last. That's six, Andrew. Is that six? Sorry. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's, I'm taking note. That, I'm taking note these days because I think it's. Incredibly unprofessional that we can't count to six while we're talking to a guest. <laughs> well, whilst we're whilst we're supposed to be economists, and, and I wasn't going to do a the long winded ones like your other friends. So, mm. uh, I actually got some feedback uh, on Bob Cutter mm. from overseas. Oh, really? Is this uh, Auntie Julie? Auntie Julie's giving us some no, this insights. Is, this is actually uh, Linda. Okay, and I did I did say we've not had Linda on for a while, have we? Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to get her back. <laughs> oh, hello, son. <laughs> Just listen to the podcast with that Bob Cutter. He seems like it's a bit of an act, but he seems like he knows a lot, but it's all a bit of a front. Wow. That's some so, deep, deep insights there. There you go. So, so Linda, I think that was the first podcast she's listened to of ours. Really? Why did you choose Bob Catter as Bob the first one? Don't know. I think my auntie Julie might have. Uh, it said you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. But maybe it was because of the, the the strength of the of the intro that Bob Catter's Bob Catter's intro was just something to behold. It wasn't as 
wasn't as professionally delivered as yours, Tim, but it was it was just it was like a it was like an expressive dance routine, but yeah. the words. It was it was interesting. Well, so yeah. Had me in stitches with the sandals. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was an interesting one. I think that's one that will have to go in our top ten of yeah, I reckon. different yeah. ones. Well, you, didn't, you wouldn't expect anything less from him anyway. Yeah, it was, it was exactly what we expected. So, Tim, uh, GPS failures. That was a big thing last month. Yeah, it's Ever, everyone, everyone forgot how to see the crop. Yeah, had a drive straight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really, I guess that technically what happened was that it was an effect on the communication satellite, not necessarily GPS and GNSS satellites. It was the comms to deliver high accuracy signals, um, which has become sort of mainstay. You know, in the early days of high accuracy, you would buy your own base station. And, um, you know, these, as technology has improved, you can now get the high accuracy signals. Uh, delivered to you but you need a communications tool to do that so um that's basically what failed um is that is that the emersat is that what's called yeah in marsat yeah yeah and so was it, is it, how widespread was it tim in terms of where, uh, where where did it impact was it across the country or yeah um i think um it it, it impact uh not just gnss and gps as well it's it's a whole heap of other like marine and uh airports and things like that were also oh. impacted so yeah it's it's it's, it's it was a broad-ranging impact from a failure of that that satellite i think it's back online but um it, it came back online but it's something like an 18 year old satellite or something so it's not exactly a young chicken so does, does that does that point to the fact that um like given how reliant particularly in farming we're becoming on those types of technologies is that are we? Did it show a bit of a deficiency in terms of us being up to scratch in, in terms of what we need, or, or should we have had some kind of backup redundancy. satellites or what, yeah. what? You know, yeah, it's all about redundancy, and you know, there's there's a massive amount of work that goes behind the scenes with these with the government and all the little companies to actually ensure these kind of things do have redundancy. Um, but yes, some stuff still happens, and you know, in Marsat this week just put out a press release that they're they're putting up a whole heap more to, to provide more redundancy. But we can also jump to terrestrial based communication networks as well. And people were scrambling at the time to try and find other ways of delivering that is, signal. Is, so, it, is that also the one that used for the satellite phones as well? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember because we used to get like the Emersat was the comms for our bulk yeah. vessels that we used to use. Yeah. So, so, yeah. there's, so there's not a lot of redundancy then at the moment, then, if it's caused that. Well, if you, had a, if you had a base station, you didn't have a problem. Um, yeah, so there is other ways around it. And and pe people said, I'll just grab hold of the steering wheel and ste steer straight again. But there was a secondary impact uh, where a lot of the new controllers now controlling the, the rates of application of products rely, they used to have a thing like a radar speed sensor. Well, now they rely on the GPS to do the speed sensing. So mm. all your variable rate maps couldn't work. Ah. Um, so your controllers weren't working. So beyond just steering, so it did have a long-ranging impact. And one thing that came out of the the, the conversations on Twitter, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but, you know, just the impact on the service technicians, um, you know, they're the sort of frontline workers and they they sort of cop a, a huge amount of flack for something that was totally out of their oh, control. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And, and, you know, I reflected back at the time that, you know, um, we we have a, a, a small number of people that work in technology and agriculture anyway, um, and a lot of them get burnt out from this high pressure environment. And I, I know personally quite a few guys that have been burnt out in the industry. So as an industry, we've got to start thinking about how do we foster and support our support people, just like we foster mm -hmm. and support nurses, for example. Well, let's think about the same thing in, in technology because you're gonna you're gonna burn people out by either working them too hard or being really, really, you know, really, really tough, high pressure situations. And like that's this. the thing, like a lot of, a lot of the guys who work, if you, if you think about the service technician and that ICT part of agriculture, <clears throat> it's a highly transferable skill. Hmm. So Jimmy, who's doing something with it, with ICT and ag could quite easily probably go and work for Regal Tinto. Yeah, they do. And that's, and, that's the biggest demand. Central Queensland, mate, you cannot get anyone to support anything because they're all working at the mines. Hmm. Was that also just demonstrate too that how 
how you know, in, in only a short period of time, really, in the, I'm, I'm old enough, Tim, to remember a time before the internet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and and before mobile phones, for that and, matter, right? Yeah, me too. You know, we, we if you're lucky, the, the people that had education were the ones where their parents could afford an Encyclopedia Britannica exactly. in, the, in, the, in the lounge room. I mean, you got, in a, the lounge you got a yearly, a yearly you had, update. You had a uh, lounge room. I remember that. You had a yeah, lounge you know, room. Oh yeah, we were, we, were, we, were, we were working class, but you know, hard working class. So we managed to afford a lounge room. Well, the um, thing is, I was around when internet was around. I, I was raised in internet time, but I was too poor to get the internet. So. Well, just wondering if we, if are we too? Uh, did it show that we just become incredibly reliant on this te- the technologies that then you know kind of piggyback on other technologies? Because mm. um, I, I remember working with a guy Andrew a while back that when the computer wouldn't work. He used to get incredibly frustrated, you know, and, and violent nearly, didn't he? I remember, you know? I remember, uh, yeah, that guy that I worked with. Yeah. Might, might be the same guy, Matt. Uh, he he was, could still work. He could still be working with you, but I know he, that he, you he know, might, the, the frustration you feel that you yeah. sometimes take out on the on the tip, on the hardware, but then obviously, as you I, say, I remember, it's I remember that guy went through a couple of mouses as well. <laughs> cordless mice that went flying across the room. <laughs> <laughs> he used to get very annoyed when technology wouldn't work as it should. And I think Andrew, sometimes when he would go into that rage, Andrew would call up. Andrew is, is strong and, and uh, you know, kind of um, being a, a strong Scottish male, he, he'd crawl up in a ball somewhere and hide in the office because this yeah. person was just in such a rage. But, but I, still, I, still, of- I still work with him and we still do a podcast together. So <laughs> I guess... <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that kind of rage you're saying, Tim, was directed towards people in this in this instance, right? That they're trying to just do their job, and and people that, that were so. But that's that's yeah. so, sorry, but that's the same yeah. as you got an airport, yeah. Mm, yes. rem, rem, you might have remembered, Matt, that I did have a torrid time with Qantas. Oh yes, yeah, with your bag. With your bag. No, yes. not not yeah. the bag. Not the bag. <laughs> And I use, no. I use I use satellite technology for that. And it's uh, a yellow bag, by the way. You couldn't miss it. Couldn't miss it. Um, or, well, you could if you were a baggage Then you could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, one of the things that's actually got a good point to make about that in, in Qantas in relation to agriculture. Uh, but people were going up and shouting and swearing at the Qantas staff. Yeah, like being really unpleasant, and it tended to be those who had business class tickets were the most rude. Yeah, and I was quite polite, and they put me up in a fifteen hundred dollars a room hotel. Wow. So, this mm. goes. Yeah, what's the, what's the old saying? You get more honey with bit more yeah, more flies with honey. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> vinegar. You attract more flies with honey. With honey. But, but I was but I was going to say about the Qantas thing. Yeah, like here's here's the solution. Yeah, last year. Or the year before during COVID, there was a lot of press about how Qantas pilots were being used to drive headers, yeah? Yeah, that's right. So what we need to do is go a step further, right? And, oh. get, and get the ground staff from brilliant. the airport to, stand, to stand, at, stand at the end of the paddocks with their, <laughs> with their little sticks, left, left, left a bit, right a bit, <laughs> and then it's all sorted. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Um, Although I don't know how high heels work though very well in paddocks, but anyway, I am I am a bit concerned though about using Qantas pilots for seating. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm waiting well, for I'm waiting for the punchline. This is well, going to be good. Well, I'm just I've really set up for really bad seating has to take place really oh. April to <laughs> April to June. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't want the Qantas really. pilot turning up in bloody July September. and saying. Oh, I'm here to do the seating. Yeah. You know, if you want a cancellation, we'll give you a credit note. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about corners because I've got enough issues there. I mean, the, the difference, though, is, is that there's probably, you know, yes, across all of things in, in life, there's people that are on the front line and cop the, the brunt of it. But the, the, I guess the difference in ag is that there's not many people to start with. So we, we've got a very small number. We have so much trouble attracting people into regions you know, um, it's no excuse. I'm just saying that it's it's a harder something to be something to be something to be conscious of the next time you're about to get stuck into someone is just stop and take a breath. You reckon? Yeah, and I, I did a review for a GPS company many years ago, and I went and I had to go and talk to all these people because they had all these problems. This was right in the early days, right? 
where everything was a problem. Um, and they were $120,000 a unit. Now they're $20,000 a unit. So it was a big cost. And and we went to one guy and he put his fist straight through the screen. So, um, you know, there's, there's a massive frustration when that sort of stuff doesn't work. And, and especially, of course, it had to happen at seeding time, didn't it? The most mm. critical time of the year uh, and for, for a number of days, not just hours, which is what normally the outages are. So we can understand the frustration. But I think it's, uh, what do you call it? Like, again, it just, it, like it's frustration, but you don't need to take it out on them. Like we, we've had it in the past. Uh, we've had animal rights activists showing their frustration at us. Mm. Anti-GM campaigners showing yeah, frustration against really? us. Mm. We've had farmers as well. Mm. Uh, probably, like when I was working in the grains industry, you know, you'd, you'd sometimes get a phone. I remember getting a phone call uh, and the market fallen. And I got it's your called. fault. It was my fault. You're mm. an absolute see you next Tuesday, mm. you Scottish prick. Mm. And I was like, mate, wow. mate, I know I'm a prick and I'm Scottish, but. But I don't, yeah, I'm not God. I don't control the market. You know, you don't need to identify me as that. Mm. So, so maybe another solution, right, is a cultural exchange for maybe not older Australian farmers, because older Australian farmers maybe didn't go f- didn't get raised with the GPS and all that kind of stuff. So they probably can drive in a straight line. Yeah. But the younger generations, guys like, I guess, say Martin Murray, who's yeah. younger. Yeah. Who's been reliant on just sitting on Twitter and then turning at the end of the paddock for most yeah. of their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit more challenging. Maybe. A, maybe there, goes a, another, there goes another fan of the podcast. He'll be, he might listen again. <laughs> so, so we do a cultural exchange. So young farmers in Australia... We could call it like a like a Nuffield sort of thing, where we send farmers in Australia over to the US mm-hmm. and get them to work on an Amish farm for a month. That'll sort of nice. And that will get them some experience in, in you know proper farming. Yeah. None of this technology stuff. So there's a solution. Look, you could solution. you could tie it into like a farmer wants a wife style thing as well, and they could potentially come home with an Amish bride as well. <laughs> well, could, 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 can they go on planes? I would have to use a sailing boat. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, actually. If, have if they row, row across the Pacific. <laughs> anyway, we're probably going to get cancelled at some point, so might as well be about Amish people. <laughs> so, but so the GPS thing is pretty much fixed. But there's, but there is going to be investment in new satellites. Yeah, and I, and, and people obviously are going to look for. Other alternatives as well for delivery of those signals. So, yeah. So, it shouldn't it shouldn't now that it's been identified a bit of a weak spot there? It shouldn't we shouldn't have it again occur? You no, think? I don't think so. Yeah, I think yeah, it could until, happen tomorrow, uh, but until probably. until hmm. there's a my conspiracy fat hat on hmm. tin tin foil until somebody blows up the satellites. <laughs> yeah, well, this this is sort of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with government. Um, you know. And do you know that 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 satellites are actually responsible because they have atomic clocks and they're actually responsible that the banking system relies on them to do transactions. So without satellites, the banking system stops, and no one realizes the impact that that you know that these disconnected sort of industries have on things like banking. I mean, imagine tomorrow the all well, the banking system shut down because GPS doesn't exist anymore. You know, you know, you know, be the biggest impact of that, Pablo Escobar. There'd be demand for cocaine would just massively decline if the bank and industry gold. was destroyed. Yeah, and gold and yeah. BMWs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so those uh, like, speaking of which, satellites. Yeah, again, mm. we're sort of going down a tangent of conspiracy theories here and stuff. Yeah, we better those, get ahead of that quickly. Those satellites. Yeah, mm. are those all like EM shielded and stuff? Because you know that like, you get those solar flares. Yeah. Are they at risk from solar flares, that type of Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. when I'm back to the guy that punched the screen, um, it just so happened it happened at a, a high period of solar flare tech, uh, activity. So it was this, all these compounding factors coming together, like the software wasn't working, and then the solar flares. And, of course, you imagine a satellite company telling an, an angry uh, tractor driver that <laughs> it's, it's a solar, solar flare <laughs> that's the problem. It's like, yeah, whatever, put your tin hat those, um Those excessive solar flares have taken out comms 
as well in the past. Well, haven't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Well, was that in the yeah. 1990s in the UK? Was back yeah. in fact, it was one recently too. Only what six or eight months ago, or something. Maybe Matt. You so it does. That. It does impact that stuff that you. Yeah, you can't work around. We should be adding that into our models. Mm. So yeah, anyway. uh, I know some. Um, I know some weather forecasters that use solar flares as part of their uh, weather forecasting, long range weather forecasting out to a thousand years. Wow. Well, you know, you don't need AI if you've got astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or just confidence, just confidence in your abilities. That's all well, I tell you what, I I can guarantee you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this down. Yeah, I'll put a bet on with anyone. In the year 2300, <laughs> wheat price wheat prices will be will be up, will be up much higher, much higher than what they are now. I was going I was in, gonna, in nominal terms. Absolutely. I, I, I was going to say that there would be more than three hundred dollars a ton. But I'm probably better if it's 2,300 saying it's going to be above 300 yon. I remember. Right. <laughs> we won't have a dollar by then. I wasn't sure what currency the yon was, but I think you referred to the, the one. One, whatever. I'm, I'm Scottish. <laughs> it's, yeah. when, it's when it's yeah, when the Japanese and Chinese currency merge into Comes together. The yon. Yeah. Well, eventually it will, won't it? You never know. Anyway, you never know. You know we've, we've deviated massively. We deviated, but before we before we go into AI, I wanted to ask you because I noticed on Twitter, Tim, from the Summer Grains Conference, you picked up an award. But so you're at that Summer Grains Conference. Were the speakers any good there? Was it a good conference? Uh, there's a couple of guys who are a bit dodgy, but yeah, I saw them in the hallway. Um, no, it was Tim, in Tim, the end. Tim never actually came to my presentation. No, I didn't. I was stuck stuck outside. With, yeah, I, you were just there. I, you were just there to collect the award, and that's it. Um, <laughs> no, I actually had a. I spoke a couple of times. It was really good to. Um, we did a young agronomist thing at the start of the before the event, and it was excellent. Um, we we talked a bit about the future sort of space technology, the space race, if you like, and what impact that's having on agriculture. <clears throat> And there's some guy, yeah, some guy from, is it episode three or something? Some sort of, some. <laughs> probably, it's probably changed, probably changed name by now anyway. Yeah. And, but yeah, I noticed you, you disappeared pretty quick though too. I didn't even get to catch up with you much. So it was a bit. I, that was, there was a long story about that. That was exact, that was after I'd come back from South America, maybe four mm, days had a bag. Mm. I had a bag that time. Yeah. But I think I got in, I didn't know about this conference. Uh because I was booked to I was booked to go for it free COVID and present. Mm. And then, then it got cancelled in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. And they rebooked me for it, but they forgot to phone me to rebook it. To tell oh, you. Right. So Andrew and I, I had I, a, I, another I felt, engagement I, on the other side of the country that you had to oh, quickly no. get to. I had to fly to mm. Perth straight yeah. from there. But it, it was quite a funny one because I actually only found out about it because I can't remember who it was, but they phoned me and said, I'm looking forward to catching up with you on the Gold Coast. And I was like, we're talking about no intention of going to Gold Coast. I said, Oh, but you're on the agenda for this. You're thing. on the agenda. And I was yeah. like, uh, I'm not sure about that. I think you're looking at a different agenda. That's maybe last year's cancelled one. And lo and behold, I was on it, but there'd just been a bit of a, a cross wired. Yeah. So I, 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 sh I got in and got out and uh, yeah, straight to Perth. It was touch mm -hmm. and go, actually, wasn't it? You weren't sure if you were actually able to make it originally. They, they had to do some shuffling around to the schedule, I thought, to get there. I, I, I was there. supposed to present on. Because you said, yeah, high profile, so they might need mm -hmm. to make sure you were there. Well, you know, I don't want to see, but, you know, I'm part of the diversity <laughs> quarter. So <laughs> so I was wearing a kilt. So what was the award for again? Yeah, what was the award for? Oh, was, um, Elders had an award for innovation and technology, so was very pleased to. Yeah, to receive that it was a big, massive shock. I didn't even didn't even know we were we sort of sort of had a hint that we were in line for something, but they didn't uh, didn't tell me too much at all. We've never won an award. Tim's just not, got not Tim, one, Tim, not, Tim, one Tim. That, not one that we um, <clears throat> no. haven't already planned given to ourselves. But self awarded award. Tim, Tim's mm. going to have to go out and bloody do an apprenticeship in cabinet making, just so he can get enough shelves put up for all his awards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you were you were a Condinan consultant of the year. Yeah, that was a that was massive. That's I mean that's yeah that's probably one of the highlights for sure. Yeah, 
what, did you get it? a bit of an insight? Did you get a bit of an insight when you said you you had a bit of an inkling that something was up? Were they were they really worried about you know where you were going to be and what time you were arriving and all that kind of stuff? So then, because there's nothing worse than presenting an award to someone and they're not there, yeah. as they're we out. know, Andrew with yeah. uh, Dr. Hoiberg and his award that we presented him. He was at one of our oh, events. Well, yeah, but, but he but was we're... he was running late to the event and we knew he was an award recipient, so we had to we were furiously trying to call him to see where he was. <laughs> was something like that was that. What yeah, was they just say. Uh, they said you better be at the. You, you assume you're going to the dinner, aren't you? That's like, yes, I am. I better go to the dinner then. Uh, yeah. One one day, Matt, we'll find out what it's like to win an award. Yeah, one of these days. One day, one day. Well, yeah. you, you've asked you asked Murray what about the chance of getting an order of Australia. So I think you might as well just you might as well just shoot, shoot for the stars. Uh, one award's all we need. That's it. One award, and we're like, yeah, we'll get one one day. A participation medal or something. <laughs> Everyone gets a ribbon. That's, That's how it is these days. So you, now you mentioned about we said about AI, and mm. you your term was maturing. So is it? Would you say that it's going too fast? I noted that there's a few high profile, I guess, um, yeah. global global, um, you know, kind of stars of that space. I guess that that have said that maybe we're moving too fast and we need a six month. Uh, yeah hold yeah, on, on this development is that you think well, it was, it maturing in a good sense or maturing is you know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves well it was funny it was Elon Musk and, and before, before we go into this topic i just want to say to our future robot overlords <laughs> <laughs> you can welcome. have them uh, yeah. well welcome and uh, we really appreciate you the work that you've done to make uh, human society and so much uh, better so much better and i enjoy living in a zoo did you get Chat GPT to write you that. <laughs> Chat what? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that Elon was supposedly the one that um, he pulled it up. And I, said, I thought to myself, yeah, that's because you haven't got an AI engine. And then next week he said, I've got an AI engine. <laughs> so, yeah, as if he would believe that. I mean, he'd want to be embracing this to the eyeballs, I think, it's because he wasn't, he, he didn't own Chat GPT. Um, he, can, he can talk to my lawyers, Elon, if you're listening. Um, yeah, um, I think, isn't it funny? The last time we talked about AI, you know, we made these jokes about you're the next AI podcast and all that. And it's seemingly the ag tech oh, did, industry was so addicted. <laughs> they were bloody addicted to, you know, if you didn't have AI in your name, in your, in your, you know, in your spiel, and you're going for some money with ag tech, you weren't going to get it. In, in the end, we heard that any, we had, we'd heard about some venture capital that was saying, if you mention AI, you're definitely out. You know, because it was just uh, so overused and abused. It was just ridiculous. But so machine machine learning and algorithms no longer, that doesn't cut it anymore. It's got to be AI. Well, I, I've only ever talked about machine learning because that's what we do. We don't, it is a form of AI, but I'm not going to go and say we're doing AI because now you're starting to see what real AI really means. It's it's not an Excel spreadsheet like most people thought it was. It's it's actually. Or even, even like technically, Matt, some of the R modeling we do, is a form of machine learning. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But that, mm. and that's the thing that people get confused, and they get confused between AI, like specific AI, and general AI, mm. which I think is important to. Say. What's the difference? What's clarify the difference for okay. those? I don't those know. Of us. Well, <laughs> I was <laughs> more about But general general AI is that movement towards. We're nowhere near general AI. General AI oh. is human level. Yeah. Uh, intelligence. Where the actual, where the actual um, machine, for want of a better word, is is able to figure out things absolutely independently. Type yeah. scenarios. Well, general general AI, AI, general AI is at the point when we get put in a zoo. <laughs> well, but, you know, as in the as in the Terminator takes over yeah, scenario. Yeah. As a, you know, yeah. my brother said to me the other day. He said, "You know, it, it'd only be true AI. Well, true AI would never work for a human." And I went shit. That is the that is spot on. That's the difference. Hmm. Why? Because they'd be too perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would they? Why would they bother working for a human? And you say, you know, I can. I'll work for myself. I'm not going to work for you, people. That's. <laughs> I I thought, that is absolutely spot on. Become self-employed. <laughs> yeah. What they call yeah. it? The singularity. Not that intelligent if it's working for a human. Is that? I know. I know that there's that. I, I, that I, um, as a, as a Moss three rules. 
Is that one of his? I was just going to ask you about one of your, there's a rule you've spoken about once before, is it Marshall rule or some bloody thing? It might start with an M about the advancement of technology over time, That how, how it kind of Moore's is law. like a... Moore's, what law. Is it? Moore's law. Okay. Yeah. So that one, is that is there actually potentially a limit to that? Like, do you think realistically, could we ever get to a stage where you get to that level of AI or is it because it's still a construct of our own of what we've created as humans, it's never going to get to a stage where it well, could be in, truly independent. Like we that. actually, we actually had that argument on LinkedIn the other day. I was having this exact argument with the person. I'm saying because everything, everything it's doing right now is just a, it's a regurgitation of what's already in the created by a human. Yeah, it's yeah. not creating something new. Yeah. No, so and I don't think that it's well. So if that's what I'm saying. From a, it'll eventually from a happen, right? But. I, Do you think it will though? Is, is well, like if, it's a bit like a, in in economics, they've got this thing called the efficiency frontier, where you kind of can't get beyond that because that's the realm of what's possible. And mm-hmm. if we've constrained, if we've created the technology that's AI, is yeah. there some level of a frontier that the AI can't even get over? Which I, I and, that, it, and that's beyond that, right? That was my point. Is that yes, we it wouldn't get to that um, like a. A it, deep insight, you know, this is uh, what, what the human brain can do. I, you know, well, if you technically you could probably get there, but I, I, I feel with you, Matt, I, I think there's still a frontier. Well, if you think about it, yeah, the human brain is the most complex piece of equipment in the universe, in the known mm. universe, yeah, 600 mm. trillion synapses, mm. all creating every single thought that we have. Well, in our point, the lack of thought that we have is produced by those six. 100 trillion synapses. Yep. So how can a computer get to that level? Maybe quantum yeah. computing or something can do something. But but, but we're, we're miles away, right? Like, you know, and, and humans still have all this deep insight and and sort of gut feel on things that are very, they're not going to be re- replicated easily. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Andrew, you, you, Andrew enjoys technology, though. So I think Andrew I do like technology. Secretly, secretly harbors a world where this where this does eventuate. I'm so, looking. I'm looking forward to the day where robots take over, AI mm-hmm. takes over. <laughs> we all go giving a universal basic income. Yep. And I'm going to become. Oh, you mean take over? You mean take over and take over the work to be yeah, done, yeah, not take over I'm, as in I'm take become, over I'm the world. Art, I'm going to become an artist, the world's shittest artist, but. <laughs> I won't care because I'm getting a universal basic income. Uh, yeah, you, I think you've if you if your goal is to become an artist, you've already reached that level. A shit, I know the, a shit artist. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, See, that, that's you're, that's the thing. Artificial AI bullshit. couldn't have picked up your crap jokes ahead of you saying them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's because I've said it many times. Eh? Exactly. The first time I said it, you weren't ready. It was coming, but now you know it's coming. Yeah. So, but for AI and agriculture, like Chat GPT, we've played around for a bit, yeah. It's it's obviously the one that's in the press as being the big thing. It's not great. It's great mm. at some. It's, it's I see it as being a slightly more advanced Google, like search mm. engine. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. And it's like we, we asked it like specific questions about things on looking for data sources for something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it came up with completely inaccurate. Yeah. Figures. Like well, it, I'd, I'd go so I'd go so far as to say it outright lied to me many <laughs> times, <laughs> many, many times over. It told like, me I was looking for a particular data set that's difficult to find, and it told me multiple times. T- it was table four point two of yeah, this report, yeah, four point two, page eighty one of this report, and the report unfortunately was a difficult report to locate. It took me about two days to locate the report. I actually have to go to the oh. one, the the, um, li- the National Library in Canberra Library. online to get the copy of the report, and then I went through and. It, this data was not on table 4.27. So then I went back and said to the AI in the same conversation that you had there, you told me it was here, you it's idiot. not there. And then it said it's on this page, on this table, and then on this report, and I found that and it wasn't there. And it, it was about a series of about six or seven times I, I found the reports that said where it was, that it wasn't there. And then it eventually said, um, I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, maybe maybe it's the, maybe what it is just now is chat GBTs in the intern phase. Yeah, well, like like it, that. just yeah. fucking making up shit to the boss <laughs> and saying, oh, yeah, there was this many numbers on the table because they know you're not going to look it up. Generally. But it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. The, the page in the table it was referring to was not even, not even in the ballpark. It was a totally different commodity. 
totally different thing. So, like, it wasn't it was that it just mi- hadn't misinterpreted something just by chance or whatever. It, it, I, I it, do um, like the, the the first the first story I heard about like AI being introduced into the general public properly was probably four years ago when Microsoft made an AI tweet chatbot, like Twitter chatbot. That's right. Yeah. And it used human language, so it learned from people talking to it, and mm. it be- and it slowly developed. But within 24 hours, it became a Nazi racist <laughs> <laughs> because humans were sort of using it and because they knew how to make it learn things mm. by speaking to it in a certain way. So it started to learn from all this abuse that it was receiving. <laughs> so they had to pull it after 24 hours because oh, wow. it was abusive. It was the funniest yeah. AI program. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you think, like, how is AI likely to integrate into AG in a, in a kind of useful way do you think what are the what are the main ones where you think we could really use this technology um to get benefit um i think it's it's the kind of things that um you know we've got all these paradigms in the way we operate today um particularly i'm thinking primarily around agronomists you know they, they do a lot of these tasks that are um that a lot of unnecessary manual steps that could be could be sped up, um, and so doing more with less type things, you know, where where we much more voice command or you know, preemptive. So what we're thinking about is, say, an agronomist's got twenty farmers and they've got uh, you know fifteen paddocks each, and so whatever that is, 300, 300 paddocks to check that morning uh, or that week, you know, helping them work out which is the best paddocks to go and check using like an AI type of thing on satellite imagery. So yeah. not trying to replace them, trying to help them speed up their job to do more with less because they've got more and more pressures every day. So you could say, for instance, uh, I'm Jimmy, the agronomist from whoever, uh, Monday morning, yeah, been on, on the bender all weekend. I could yeah. say, right. What's the worst 10 paddocks? And you could say, right, what, what should I be focusing on? And it mm. might say, right, well, there was a frost over the weekend so let's go to the, yeah. the ones with a you know a divot in yeah. the ground it's low lying we go and see them and yeah. it identifies 100 paddocks or so that you then you just that's a, that's a good point yeah yeah um that's a smart way of doing it but so basically a decision making tool yeah, yeah just... compl- complementary stuff to save time rather than replace replace the actual person well yeah it, it probably it maybe doesn't replace them but it might make them more efficient. Mm. Efficiently, more which, or less. Which, more means, or less. which yeah. means you don't need as many agronomists. Because the, the thing is, as farmer numbers have dropped, and you guys did some work for me on this on, on farmer number decline, you know, we've lost um, 30, 40, 50% of our farmers in some areas in the last 10 to 15 years. What that means is farm sizes got bigger. Um, and, and some of those groups are actually employing their own agronomists now. As you get 10,000 hectares, you, you yeah. may as well put your own agronomist on. So I think the the, the, the demand is going to get – there's going to be more and more um, sort of competition for agronomy services. Um, and you're going to have to cover bigger and bigger areas much more efficiently than you have before. And and so the ones that are able to do that and keep up with that um, efficiency are going to are gonna come through as winners. Can I, can I ask a question, Tim? I, I don't know anything about agronomy. I know zero about agronomy. In the future, yeah, does an agronomist even need to really go in the paddock? Well, I still think there's a there's a still a big role there. Um, maybe there's there might be less less paddock to do because there will be more and more sensors telling you more and more information, and you're going to get a clearer and clearer picture. But you know, the big thing, like I've said this before many years ago, I said that the big thing that people that come into and say they've got an AI tool for, for agriculture from satellite imagery don't understand one major thing is that an agronomist's job is about 50% of it, about the people. Mm-hmm. It's not about which chemical or whatever. It's it, they're, they're a, a sounding board. They're a part of the team. And, and a decision about nitrogen, for example, could be made on a satellite image, but it's not taking into account what does that grow as a, you know, uh, adversity risk, um, you know, uh, how much money have they got in the bank? Have they got a big budget on nitrogen this year or have they got a small budget? You know, like there's a lot more decisions, parts of the decision to be made than just a technical biophysical component. And and there, there is much of a, uh, a support <coughs> person for the business as they are a technical um, 
technical um, advisor. Same, same as an accountant. Like I, I yeah. keep I keep hearing that accountants are going to get phased out because of AI and yeah, well, you, like yeah. Z- zero and stuff like. That. But Matt and I've got an accountant, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all about looking for loopholes, really. That's what you know. Well, well <laughs> uh, it's all about getting or, 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 or doing or, the annoying the annoying stuff that we don't want to do in terms yeah. of uh, you know submitting got, a best statement or something. Oh shit! That reminds me, I've got to do that. Uh, yeah. But the other thing as well is like I just like phone up the accountant and give him a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the yeah, so the, we're, we're, I guess we always hear that these jobs are going to go and jobs are going to be taken out because of this, that, and the other. But they just change. Yeah, they the do. job just changes. So yeah. Hmm. So AI, it's in its infancy, but it's maturing. Yeah, it's maturing. I think the the world's starting to understand a bit more about it. On, on balance, on balance, do you think it'll lead to? And maybe I'm still just saying specifically for ag, but you could, if you want to broaden the uh, horizon out to other things, um, do you think AI will be proved to be a, a benefit more than a hindrance, or is it, there are still a lot of risks around it, and it could go all pear shaped for us? Uh, I don't have too much of the conspiracy theory sort of. Thing. Oh, come on, come on, Tim. No, it's, I mean it's, for, for the listeners, come on. I mean, really, Elon Musk saying, oh, we've got to stop. It's all going to, the world's going to end. I mean, really, there's still some fundamental stuff. You know, it's a bit like an average day on a farm. You know, people have got so many fundamental, you know, really boring life issues that they got, or, you know, farming issues they've got to deal with, like the flat tire on the tractor. Oh, bugger, I've got to go and get that fixed. And then, so there's so much, you know, real life stuff that still goes on that, yeah, the the, the whole world thinks it's going to come to an end. There's this. I think there will be. Maybe not this decade, but in future decades, there will be some white collar jobs that will be removed. Mm, for and, sure. And like some mm. of those account, like some basic account stuff, finance sort of stuff will be removed. We've already seen, if you look at trading, routine, hasn't, hasn't yeah. that happened since day one, since Adam was a boy? I mean, yeah, constantly. Like, we don't have um, poop scoopers on horse on for roads anymore. I mean, that's but, that was but, a but, job once, but, you know. And it's always been those sort of jobs. We've removed the jobs that have been. I guess less, des- less desirable, less, de- less, desirable, less mm. skillful, mm. Mm. not less skillful, but less desirable manual type of jobs, building a car in a factory, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we haven't really seen that because we've seen this big increase in like white collar service jobs, that type of thing. But as mm. they start to get removed, there is an issue around society around what you do if there's a mass exodus of people from those jobs yeah but yeah. what that's what tim was saying around that agronomy thing is that there is a part of that that's more less technical and more I'm, service I'm, right yeah i'm talking probably more like in the like in the cbd mm. and general jobs accounts legal services those type of jobs. yeah what are they doing what are they going to do now what are they going to do <laughs> there's a big difference between moving from being a you know a legal secretary or legal researcher to mucking out a pig farm yeah that's where but Qantas pilots, Qantas pilots driving driving headers. I mean, you know, there's an example. There we go. All changes. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just yeah. That that's, that's always been the argument that you know we'll just get smarter and smarter jobs. But or people... I I genuinely think it it will be the creative arts, and in thirty mm-hmm. forty years will be will be using a lot more arts, music, entertainment, because if a lot of jobs are done for us, we'll just become lazy and we'll need yeah. other other things. I was also talking to a, a marketer the other day about, you know, in our lives today, we get bombarded with so many things, you know, so many clickbait and, and stuff trying to grab our attention. Like every app's got alerting and 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 so there's, there there's actually a thinking now that we're going to go back to a more higher touch point, higher service model. So be prepared if we're in a tech business like we are to go back to picking up the phone. And I thought, oh, really? And but then you think through it, you know how busy your life is today, and how many alerts and emails. There's so much noise. Fast forward five years, that noise is going to be deafening. I tell you what, like you guys are slightly older than me. I'm not. I'm not gonna, it's not a criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of, you guys are Gen X. Yeah? Yeah, nearly nearly up to five zero. Yeah, so Gen Xs. Yeah. Um, technically, I'm, the other, I'm the other side of five zero nearly. I'm 
turning but I'm, 51 this year. But I'm technically a millennial, but I'm on the cusp of that millennial change. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But those younger than me, I reckon even three years younger than me, cannot use a telephone. No. <laughs> and I'll give you an example, yeah? I got a, I got a message the other day from someone... Uh, Blah, 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 blah. I'm reaching out as a student. I really want to get a job as an ag economist or, you know, in, you know, ag market analysis. I want to pick your brains on it. Da, 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 da. This is on LinkedIn or something. But I'm not going to go back and forth on LinkedIn like, discussing jobs and ag and all that kind of stuff. So I just said, mm. yeah, give me a phone anytime. Mm. I haven't heard from them. And that's happened quite a few times. And we've seen that the same, Matt. They well. might just be really nervous and, you know, kind of, you could be a bit intimidating, Andrew, yeah. to a young, young fella or lady. But you've got to remember, you're going to be picking up the phone. Mm. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, got a funny accent like mine's. It, this is all that's, like, this, this service model requires service skills. Yeah. And people in their 20s, and this, this is a big generalization, but I'm going to say generally people in their 20s, are used to sending messages, IMs. Yeah, not, not the art of conversation is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I'm the great conversationalist, but I'll pick up the phone and chat. Yeah. Mm. Like Matt and I talk on the phone. But... Well, you got a podcast. That's, a, that's exactly yeah. what you do. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, that's a good example. We, we talk enough on the phone every day multiple times for my family to refer to you as my boyfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, but, it, but it's, genuinely, it's, it's genuinely lost. I, yes, I agree that high-touch service is one way of going. Mm. But I think that's, the younger, that's, younger, younger generation doesn't have the skill set. Yeah. That's part of, as you were saying, when you mentioned too around those, the, the need for that almost to a degree, not to sound too hippie, but human contact uh, in that service sector, right? And I think if you, the analogy is kind of like when you looked at that, that explosion of interest in fake meat and now it's kind of reverted back to uh, actually people yeah. do still want the real thing. And it's a yeah. bit like that, that, there's yeah. a lot of this technology and, and the technology can be a bit sexy and interesting, but I kind of think of it, if, if you had a pub or a, or a service sector place that was totally stocked by functioning humanoid type robots that were serving you and they did all the great jobs, knew how to mix a cocktail perfectly, all the bullshit, you'd probably go there and check it out a few times and just for the, just for the interest. But I'm wondering, would you stay there all the time? Or would you eventually drift back to a place that's got real people in it serving you? Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect you'd go back to where the real people are. Mm. Maybe yeah. not Andrew, who just hang around the robots. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I, I'm, I'm old fashioned for a, am I 37 or 38? Whatever. I don't like Woolworth self-service or Cole's self-service. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I feel you've got rid of all, most of them. There's usually only one till open for a human being, mm. but I'm supposed to, do this. I tell you. I tell you a story about it. Uh, but anyway, I've got to do that. I've got to pack my own bag. I've got to scan it. Blah 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 blah. And uh, yeah, I don't get a discount. I don't get two percent off because they're not employing a human being for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just yeah. I just think it'll yeah. There'll be some of that coming back. We assume that it's all going to disappear, but we don't make assumptions about that because there's so much noise around now that people are just. Sick of it. And, and we, we get this now with our platform where, you know, it's a self-service platform that we've got and um, got a you know massive number of users and, and about 110 farms a week still getting added to the platform. Um, and that's all happening without any sales team or any, I don't do any, I do bugger all marketing except Twitter and LinkedIn. And the uh, occasional podcast. And this, yeah, occasional. That's probably how I've got those numbers actually, come to think of it, it's a podcast. That's how, um, that's how you got that award. That's the award and the award. This is yeah. quite, a, quite a lot of people have been on this podcast and then got an award. Got awards. But all, you their know, book, like, all their book, their book has risen up in the ranks at, you know, right. on Amazon, Michael Trant. Yeah. Michael Trant, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we got, that's all happening automatically, but now we're getting guys going, look, I know I can do all this um, myself, but can you just do it for me? And they just ring us up and say, just do it. And so, we're now looking at shifting back to a, a higher touch point, higher service model, charging more, but they don't really care. It's like, I just don't want to have to do it. I've got 50,000 things to do today. Just do it. These are the rates. Um, put them in for me and, and send send it to the machine, you know? That's probably the thing, isn't it? Like, it's exactly what you come back to is farms getting bigger, but still essentially being run by one person. 
Yeah. So you can have logistics managers now. So mm. how can they be expected to be a guru in, mm. in data? Great marketing. Yeah. A lot of green marketing is going towards consultants now. Because, mm. yeah, yeah, you can do it on clear grain or, or yeah. crop connect or whatever else it may mm. be. But you still don't get that touch point of saying, look, I want to sell some grain. Mm. Can I pick your brain, blah, 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 what do you think's happening? Mm. So all focusing on doing what you like and what you're good at and leaving the other stuff for other people to do that. You yeah. know? Like, sing it, like singing, like singing for us. Mm. <laughs> so... Um, you, did you want to cover off anything on that parametric stuff? Yeah, yeah, because that's oh yeah, because yeah. that, yeah, that's, that's what I actually sent you. That's what we said at the start. Because <laughs> yeah. the reason I the reason we got Tim on the podcast was that you were talking about parametric insurance on Twitter, so I sent you a quick text saying, "Well, why don't we come and talk about on a podcast?" We've yeah. never we've never spoken about crop insurance on a podcast. It's a, I think we have a different podcast. I think uh, I don't know. We might have done one in the commodity conversations one. Might have. Might have. But parametric insurance, you know, basically give us, give us a rundown on it, yeah? We'll, we'll talk about it in general terms. Yeah, I mean, Australia's had it. Well, there's a couple of big things about Australia is that they, there's no government-backed insurance schemes like there is in, in other countries. So it makes the premiums quite expensive for anything here, uh, as, you, as, as listeners would totally understand. Um, so the insurance industry has been trying to do a few different things uh, of late, and I'm not a, I'm not from the industry, but I'm starting to uh, starting to sort of work with them a bit about some of these issues. And you know, I look at it from a point of view is that you know, with our variable climate in Australia, we've got this really big uncertainty what's going to happen each year. You know, we've got a bit of an idea that oh, it's going to be a good year or you know, rain less or more, but ultimately growers are are really in a bad place in Australia. One because of the massive climate variability, so, you know, the most variable climates in the world for growing crops. Plus, we've got no government backing, and most farmers don't insure much beyond sort of fire, you know, basic and, and basic even, farm even, insurance. Even then, they're starting to pull back for the likes of the hail insurance. Yeah, it's just prohibitive. Because because there has been there has been like I guess when we say parametric insurance, like that's that is one term it's used for it. But we're kind of talking weather insurance to an extent. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, right. It's, it's the common term. Mm. So we had like I remember a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about weather insurance and weather derivatives. Yes. And they were sort of, uh, there was a lot of salesmanship. Yeah. And this will solve all the world's problems. Yeah. There will not be any issue. But there was a few issues around that. The, the basis risk was one of basis them. Basis risk, exactly, is the problem. So you could have a paddock in your farm, whatever I would just call it, yeah. paddock, home, home paddock. At, at Mangandai. And the... But the weather station you're using to assess, you're basically working on weather. Yes, so if, it's hot if, or cold if, or wet or dry. If it's it, too if, hot, too cold, too wet, too dry. If it if it, we don't get 200 mils hmm. June to September, then we get paid out of money. Yep. Basically, the, the the person on the end is taking a taking a punt, they're taking an option basically. Mm-hmm. But the issue you have is that paddock is here. Yep. In Mundagai, Gundagai, or whatever it may be. Yeah. But the weather station. Because it's, it's so big. Yeah. It, could, it could be 50 kilometers away. It could be. So the weather station could get soaking wet rains. And and bearing in mind, probably a lot of towns are set up in places where it does rain more than the surrounding area. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you get St. George having, you know, 200 mils or 250 mils. Mm. And, and your farm might only get 50 mils. That's too bad. You have to believe the weather station. Yep. Well, you've got to base it off of something. And that's because mm. there was companies out there. We spoke to a company who wanted to put, uh, weather stations on individual farms and paddocks. Mm, great idea. But and and yeah. I said, well, that's great. But what happens if the farmer just realizes that he can just put an umbrella over that station? Mm, exactly. And then he can say, well, I got my 200 mils, but weather station here said it only got 25 mils for the season. Yeah. And, uh, and then they started talking about, oh, what? we could put cameras on it. I was like, well, how much is it going to cost you mm. to put cameras on it? And, and this, then someone to monitor and this, it. And this and this. And I was like, Right, you just you got to find out a way to offer some sort of yield or weather yep. closer, or just be honest and say to the farmer, "There's a basis risk." Because I when those basis that's what they're doing. Because went, but eh, but they weren't doing that so much a couple of years ago. Hmm. Because I remember getting phone calls from people saying they never told me about this, 
and so they, they this is probably 2017 2018 so they were getting these sort of it didn't rain in my paddock but it rained at the weather site so i paid out a big a big sort of premium not got anything for it so there's a bit of a yeah <clears throat> just, i guess just needs a bit of maturity in the market so what are you looking at you're looking at using satellites to work out the yield and then insure on that yeah, so we we managed to meet this company um, from Europe who had been working on a, a satellite imagery de- yield-derived product um, for some time, and then um, that's their sort of whole business. And so they we, they put an application into the EU to to look at what would be the potential of such a a, a product in Australia. Would would Australia with the stuff we just talked about the issues with Australia? Could we? Could we apply such a thing here? So we, we've that project got funded. Uh, it's only a small project, but it's good to what we're doing now is interviewing farmers to see whether there's an appetite. And already, like seventy five percent of people are like absolutely. So so that's the first thing. Do you really want it? And then what is it going to cost? And how's it going to work? And so we we've been working with the University of Queensland for for a couple of years now, developing a yield model for wheat. So, you know, uh, basically satellite imagery and some weather factors, so some stress factors to predict wheat yield and, and getting quite high accuracies now. Um, we're just in about the second or third year of that project to really start to test this on a large area now. We're doing hundreds of paddocks this year, testing the accuracy of that model. And if that becomes quite good, um, we then could ensure individual paddocks for, for a yield target. Uh, again, based on parametrics. So, what's the long term being? What's it going to be? What's the risk going to be? And I was talking to, and, and people rung me after that Twitter feed, Andrew, and said, "Look, we 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 definitely want to get these kind of things. It's just, um, you know, how how it's priced and making sure that we even don't want to have a, a complete failure, crop failure. So, you know, just just to ensure it, um, just a, a cut, window. Cut off the extremes. Cut off the extremes of the. Cut off the extremes. Yeah, still getting yeah, some variation amongst that, but not as wide as what it might have been. Well, what, and then the premium, the premium plummets. Then, so then it becomes cost effective. It's a chicken and egg problem with insurance. Is that insurers can't get enough people to buy it, therefore, um, you know, that well, it's a it's a loss. It's a loss that, leader for them. That happened three years ago. A company brought out a frost insurance. Oh yeah. They remind me about that, and, and people uh, change their behaviours based on that, and and yeah, well, went went belly up straight away. Yeah. Well, I think the good thing it was, it was run by a, a big company, hmm. but they ended up. I think they probably had. I heard something crazy like eighty percent of policies they had to pay out on, yeah, because basically numbers. the only people that took them out were people in frost risk prone areas. Yeah, and, and they changed. They just went, oh, well, don't worry about variety or planting time. We'll, we'll get covered anyway. And, and so um, change farmer behaviour, which is, you know, understandable because they're just going, well, I've reduced that risk. I can just focus on other paddocks. and But that doesn't work for an insurance industry, does it? No. And that's the issue you've got. So they removed that product. Yeah, they have. Pretty sure, yeah. Um, we're, we're looking at introducing it again, actually, because um, we're doing a project with CSIRO and GRDC at the moment on, on frost type, previous frost detection and, and future frost detection. And... Uh, one of the other companies, Hill Ridge, is involved in that project as well to try and build some more frost products back in again. But you know, we can't have scenarios where the industry leaves the or the you know the insurance market leaves after year one, and we, and we can't also go back to the multi peril days because multi perils an absolutely dirty word in Australia now. So it's yeah. So I think there could be something in this, and we're we're right in the middle of that study, I guess. And I think the one thing that Australia's got is we've never had insurance before, like government mandated or government sort of no. insurance and we're never going to get it no there's no money so the, there's a fair bit being done like you said there's there's already sounds like a couple of years already in the in the planning and getting it all structured right and modeled mm. right how, mm. how far how far down the track do you think it is before we might get to a stage where there is a, a product that can be taken to market that, that that's going to be useful well we we've talked about that um probably <laughs> This year will be the testing year to see what it looks like. We might do some, um, um, what do you call it, like just runs, model runs, like scenarios and, and, and just testing. And then there could be something available next year if, if it all goes well. Hmm. Next winter, I'm talking. Yeah. That, you know, that'll probably be a year of a drought anyway. <laughs> yeah, but again, if we keep the extremes out of it, then... Um, well, that, that's, yeah. and that's, that's the thing. Like a lot of people insurances they've they've looked at it as being a view of i want to have 100 percent my income protected 
Well, it's not about that. It's about covering recovery of costs. Once you recover your costs, you're pretty much okay, generally. Yeah, and I think they're paying about 70% of the total amount of the total um, yield anyway. And it's a bit like income protection. It's it's the same thing. It's only You're only paying 70% of your salary. So it, it's it's almost like it's like that, if that makes sense. It's like an income protection for a farm, almost. Hmm. Hmm. So, so I mean, 70, 70% of our salary, Andrew, is still zero. Though. Still pretty high, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the insurance industry could cover 70% of our income. <laughs> you know that might that might bankrupt a small nation. That's it. Hey, yeah. uh, we've probably covered everything, Tim. Yeah, what we thought we'd sort of cover off on. We've covered. This has been quite a uh, highbrow, apart from a bit of banter. It's been quite a highbrow podcast again. We've talked about. We've included science. Mm-hmm. Satellites. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how many trillion synapses are in the human brain right yep this is this is getting high bro and 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 my twitter survey was one of your unscientific surveys totally unscientific scientific surveys yeah Mm. i've had lauren those in a while maybe do one this afternoon Mm. anything else before we go tim no i think that's covered off um yeah been great to be back on the show guys thank you very much so the final thought is that the robots will eventually take over. <laughs> well, they'll, run a, but they'll run a but they'll run a pub. But they'll run a pub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, look. To be honest, I'm not that. Fa- I'm actually not that phased. I've been thinking about that. Would I go to a pub that's served by robots? It would You'd be there all the time. I know you. <laughs> my my only thing is like you know how like if you go to like a pub, and it's like. I don't know. The service in Australia is really slow. Mm. Maybe this robot will be like you don't You're gonna get you, drunk really quick. Well, you know, like you go to pub, yeah, and there's like somebody in front of you in the queue, and as soon as they look at the cocktail menu, you're just like, uh, oh. "Here we go!" And they order six cocktails, and you're just waiting there saying, "I just want six different, t- six different, six, ones. T- six different types, yeah, <laughs> with, with 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 five or six <laughs> ingredients in each." <laughs> And, and the umbrella and the umbrella <laughs> and and you're like i just want a bottle of beer you know but you can't you can't jump in so maybe the robots will be like well sort of um, I, I will finish on the robots then there's a really good article this week on the abc about um andrew bates's swarm farm robots out at um oh yeah yeah out on a property out uh, western <laughs> western queensland and we're you know, west of me and um you know they did something oh, i can't remember the numbers you'll have to read the article but it's like you did 54 hours of work full, um, but basically it just it expanded the amount of work you could do in a week, put it that way. He did X number of hours in a week with one person or something that it would have taken three people. So, you know, it's that just efficiency. And, and Andrew's always said he's not interested in replacing labour, right? It's just doing more with do less think, and doing more timely things. Do you think Andrew would be good for the podcast? Andrew would be excellent for the podcast, mate. He's fantastic. And he's... Just done a big cap raise, so he'll be able to tell you all the trials and tribulations of raising money in Australia. Um, you know, uh, to try and build a robot company, and he's, you know, they're, they're probably probably one of the biggest um, robot companies in terms of area covered, like one and a half million acres or something. Now they've okay. they've covered, you know, no no robot company in the world's come anywhere near that. So I wonder, yeah. I, do, I do wonder though, <clears throat> and this is a philosophical sort of point. Like you, you mentioned before about the farm numbers dropping, farmer numbers dropping. Yeah. And look, there's a whole bunch of, in agriculture, and move away from agriculture, but like rural development, yeah? You drive through any small town, yeah? And mm. all the grain growers are doing a thing on child care, uh, access to doctors and stuff in rural mm. areas. It's getting harder and harder. Yeah. But the reality is that, okay, it might not replace labor, but when you make things easier and you can do more, it inadvertently does remove labor. Yeah. Hmm. So is there an issue that, you know, 20 years down the line, we will have, you know, basically an exodus of rural areas? Yeah. What's been happening for since World War Two, actually. So like that, and that's the issue we sort of see is that, you know, people complain. It still needs to be community. And, and what's the minimum amount to make a community? That's a big question, you know. And, and the old sort of analogy is that you know it has to be the pub makes a community, and when the pub yeah. closes, that's that's the end yeah. of it. 
But how many how many robots are you allowed to have in your footy club or something? Sure. Yeah, only three robot limit. <laughs> but but this but this is what it comes down to. It's like I know uh, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but if you live in a rural area, you 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 can't expect the same level of services as those in the city. It's just not it's not feasible to have say a psychiatrist in nil or somewhere smaller. Well, it's not an opinion. That's a fact. It just that's can't. a fact. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it, but it, it doesn't seem it's horrible. Do. It's horrible. But that's it's. That's this the harsh, sad reality of how how rural areas work. So maybe remember, remember John Deere had all those adverts years ago. They were every time you went to an ag tech conference, uh, you would have John Deere. They would come in and put a video on, and it was like a guy in a in a farm in a control yeah. in, a, in a control room, and then the headers yeah. went out and did the stuff. And but mm. he was in the city or something like that. Yeah, could be that in the future. Mm. Like, the only thing I do think, and maybe it's a question for, for Swarm, is if you start to use these Swarm robots and there's more equipment, rather than like individual big pieces of equipment, yeah? Yeah, you need more support, more tech. Well, more techs, yeah. there's more breakdowns, isn't there? Hmm. You know, yeah, and he's making it so you can fix it yourself. But yes, you need to talk to him about that. That's his whole mantra and ideology behind the whole thing. Hmm. Well, there we go. All right. I knew it would be a I'll, good podcast. I'll give him a ring and I'll get him pumped up, mate. I'll get him on. That's good. All well, right. Thanks, Tim. Tim, always thank, good. Thank always you. good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, thanks for having me again. So, oh, review time. Sorry, just quickly. Oh. You've been, this is, you finished your second podcast with us. Yeah. It's a two year space, give or take. Mm. Has, has anything changed in the, in, the, in the production values of the AgWatchers podcast? I think the um, sixth sense is is an excellent improvement. Oh, what a great idea that was! Who, yeah. who, whose was that idea? That was my idea, Andrew. Ah, oh, fuck that! You're talking nonsense. <laughs> uh, what's my? He likes to take all the good ideas. How is that your idea? So we probably should have put the um, warning swearing thing right at the start of this. Oh, no, the, there is one on. Oh, is there? If you oh, go good. on iTunes, there's a little e next yeah, to it's one there. e next to every episode. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I, I'm mate. That was absolutely my idea. Not sure. Not sure. And it, I know. I know because it's uh, it's it's poorly phrased. No, the <laughs> yeah, name. Movie, the, movie the, the name was yours, but I think I came up with the idea of a word association to, to get things warmed up. Anyway, we'll have a fight about that later. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, okay, anyway, we'll one. We'll right start off. Thing. See you when re- robot nothing on. <laughs> Catching a bit. <laughs>